Welcome back to the Man Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. I'm Brock Martin. I'm Antoine Kazi. Today we're asking the question, what if I lost? This time. We're excited to have Antoine Kazi here from Australia joining us today. Antoine, where in Australia are you from? From Sydney. You're from Sydney, but Brisbane could potentially be a better city. Is that your you second say? favorite city, that- Antoine? The truth is, Brisbane is the more beautiful city. We're just jealous of Brisbane. Really? Uh, yeah. There, there's something there that you're still working through? Well, Brisbane is the first city outside of the United States that has the most listeners to the Man Catholic Podcast. What's up, Brisbane? Which I had no What's idea up? about. Brisbane, hey, thanks for listening. Absolutely. We brought Yeah, we brought an Australian on the show for you Just guys. for you. Give and he even speaks out. your language. So this is, this is really <laughs> just good timing here. Antoine, we are talking about lust today. And uh, we're looking at Dante's Inferno. Brock's going to walk us through a little bit of that. And we have some really good practical tips here today, but we're just thrilled that you're joining us. Real quick, Antoine, Foster's good, no good. It's pretty good. Really? If, yeah. Is there, what's the best beer in Australia? VB is the one that everybody's going to know. VB. Wow. Why do, do we have that here? I've never, I've heard, never of heard of it. Victorian bitter. Victorian okay. bitter. And why do Australians always put eggs on their hamburgers? I love that. Oh, habit. it's delicious. It is. The, I think the it's question like is why thing. don't we That's fair. put eggs? Let's turn our, it to us. Yeah. Okay. Brock, talk us through Dante. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited to have this topic. Um, for those of you who've been listening consistently, we did an episode a couple months ago uh, talking about light killing lust and just the importance of us as men having those relationships in our lives where we're able to bring this stuff to the forefront. That episode, one of the top downloaded episodes that we've put out. And um, recently, we've just been having some conversations about the reality that this is a topic that men desire to discuss more and more. And I think in recent conversations with Antoine, you had been mentioning that some of the stuff that you had been doing, uh, some studying that you had been doing on on Dante was really impactful. And I, I remember distinctly sitting in the office thinking, man, that a lot of guys realize that that lust is is a dominant issue, something that they're really struggling with. And you know, there's different Marian apparitions that talk talk about how the sins of the flesh are are they're just so widespread and they cause so many people to fall. But sometimes, as men, we can kind of think that that's the only issue in my life. I I distinctly remember in college thinking, Lord, if you would just take my lack of chastity away, like you could canonize me tomorrow. I'm I'm, I'm that awesome, and I could not have been farther from the truth. All you had to do was get married to realize there's totally there's a lot a lot of so many more things. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'd love to just tee it up. Maybe just remind us of that conversation, Antoine, and, and walk us through. We want to go a little bit deeper with lust. It's not just about. This isn't the only thing in the spiritual life that, that we as Catholic men should be having our eye on. And I think, too, why are we? Why is Dante even part of this conversation? Perfect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that introduction, Brock. It reminds me of uh, Father Jacques Philippe. He made this comment that sometimes God allows us to fall into lower sins like lust to protect us from the higher sins like pride. There is something about pride that's so deep-seated, so, so difficult to get rid of, we don't even see it, mm. that we need to be humbled through these other struggles and it's for our own good. He doesn't help us to get over it too quickly. Is it, is it hard to be humble with an accent like that? Like, is that just not fair for you? I thought I wouldn't be able to milk it after six years, but boy, I can still get some mileage out of it. <laughs> yeah. Later. I want to know how much of that is real and how much you, you just keep leaning into. So I think I have an, I have an American accent. A few years ago, somebody came to the office from Australia. I walked past them. I heard them talking and I just said to myself, huh, what a funny accent. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Dang. Okay. 
Okay, Anyways. so back to Lost. Where yeah. were we? Okay, so Dante. Dante, Dante uh, especially in, in the Inferno and in the Purgatorio, I think you mentioned, Antoine, there's this ranking of the deadly sins. And I remember, it, it's actually kind of a shocking thing to realize that lust of the seven deadly sins is actually the lowest, with pride being the highest. That's, I think, a concept that a lot of guys probably aren't aware what, of. What do you mean by lowest? In terms of, of how sinister they are in terms of how deadly they are, in terms of how, how drastically they separate us from our relationship with God. Hmm. Um, again, I remember thinking that lust was it. That if, if I could just get rid of that, everything would be all right. To recognize that there are other deadly sins like pride and, and gluttony and greed and envy, that these things are, actually have the ability to separate us from God even more powerfully than, hmm. than lust. So why are we sitting here talking about a 13th century Italian poet? Why would we spend our time doing this? I, uh, I, I like this example. Think of an engineer that comes over and says, I'm a modern engineer. I think I've got it worked out. Everybody that came before me doesn't really know what they're doing. Let me build your house. How would you feel about a self-taught engineer building your house for you? I would be a little nervous. Yeah. So No, thank you. <laughs> that's the idea with modernism. And so now we're looking at Dante because people like him spent their life struggling with the human condition. And God gifted a lot of people in the past with insight into our struggles. And as C.S. Lewis says, for every one modern book, for every three modern books you read, you should read one old book at least. Mm. And I think Dante offers us uh, something really practical. So Dante had written the Divine Comedy. Uh, it opens up with him in the middle of life, finding himself lost. He doesn't know how he got there. And so he has to go through a journey down through Inferno, Hell up through Purgatorio, and finally to the blessed heaven. So Antoine, you asked the question, why are we um, looking at Dante? And I, Brock, you may have said something about why lust when there's all these other things. And, and I'm looking at the list here of the seven deadly sins, pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. And as you mentioned, lust being at the bottom. And I know I struggle with all of them, obviously, and I think we all do pride being the root of all sin and, and the, that greatest sin that can divide us. I mean, that is what the, the angel Lucifer, that, exactly, that was his right. struggle was pride. It wasn't lust, right? Mm -hmm. that, that created that division in the fall of the angels. But I think we talk about lust because it is so tangible for men, especially today. We cannot drive on the highway without being instigated uh, to be lustful with billboards. We certainly can't watch commercials, um, music, it is constantly and always in our face and in our imaginations, yep. right? And it's so, I, I think it's so relevant to all of us. We all face it at some level where maybe we think of envy and, and as you said in college, no, I, I don't struggle with any other ones. It's just lust. I think the other ones are harder to realize where we struggle with them and right. harder to struggle with them. I think when we think of lust, we can all raise our hand and be like, yeah, I struggle with that one. And we could probably go around the table here and, and say where and how we struggle with that one. I think it's just more tangible. Mm. Um, and, and so I think it is very important to talk about this topic while also knowing that there are so many other ones that we need to be considering. But today we're talking about this one because I think it's so real in today's world. Steve, I like that. St. Catherine of Siena, she had a dialogue with God the Father, and that key takeaway for me was just how difficult God was trying to tell us self-knowledge is. It is so mm. hard. Lust is the easy thing. Yeah, We're not going to sit here and talk about how wrong porn is, how wrong masturbation is. Mm. We know that. True. Dante allows us to go that one step further, that one step deeper, and see what's that one thing below that we're struggling with. Mm -hmm. 
even in the area of lust. Because typically lust would be of the heart or in the mind, right? I mean, certainly it can take its its form in through activity, right? And how we're treating women and, and how we're participating in that with them or by ourselves. But I think so much of it, it starts in our heart or it starts in our mind what we start thinking about. Would you say so? Oh, 100%. Otherwise, I'd have to disagree with Jesus Christ that the man who looks upon a woman and lusts with has already lust committed adultery. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When somebody comes over to your house and sees your wife, what's your standard? I'm glad he's not lusting over my wife. Shouldn't it be something a little more befitting of a Christian, of a mm. child of God, that he sees how incredible your wife is? That's that thing that's been twisted by the devil mm. and comes out as lust. Yeah. And okay. it's funny, as we're sitting here, one more thing, Brock, is as we're sitting here talking about this, lust can be maybe on this list of seven deadly sins, the one that could also be most hidden. Mm. And and that just, as you were talking, Antoine, like that really kind of just struck me that, that, shoot, we could be struggling with this more than we think we are, certainly more than we're letting on to our friends and those yeah. around us. They won't see if if we're walking down the street, as Antoine just said, lusting after another woman, they won't see that. They they won't notice that. But it could be in our heart. It could be in our mind. It could be prevalent in our hearts and minds. And yet it's not an outward sin all the time. Yep. No, I think that's great. I think so. I want to just bring us back. The you know we mentioned the Divine Comedy, and we don't want to get into all the details of that. And and Dante's not a saint for certain reasons. So there's other Mm -hmm. things about his life that we don't want to necessarily glorify. But I think for this conversation today, I think when we first started talking about it, the reality that lust of the seven deadly sins, lust is the easiest to fall into. But the reason we're bringing up the comedy, the Divine Comedy, is because in that book, lust is actually the last sin to be conquered before you enter into heaven. And again, I think for for those of us that are listening today, to have that that concept that um, it's the easiest to fall into, it's going to be the last one for us to to finally conquer. And so, because of that, we need to work really hard to to redeem it through purgation, through through good holy friendships, but also to to contextualize that in, with the reality that there are a lot of other sins that I should be working on at the same time, and that's actually going to aid me eventually in my in my quest to finally root this all out of my life. That's spot on, Brock. That's exactly what Dante is trying to tell us. He brings lust right close to heaven because at its core, there is something good there in lust. You recognize the beauty, the goodness in another. The problem is you try and grasp it. You try and take it for yourself when it's not yours. You try and take that apple you should have cared for and bite it yourself. You don't do that. And that's why, by the way, we'll have subtitles for those of you that can't speak Australian, but that's, that's why Dante has lust as something that, and, and what Brock said, can be redeemed. Because you first hear that lust can be redeemed, you're like, what? Lust is a sin. How do you redeem sin? And so I think if I think we should go deeper into that idea that you know you, you can't redeem pride. It's pride is just bad all the time in every way, shape, and form to the core, right? Like envy. Like yep. envy. And but lust is a twisted good. So you love it's it takes love and it distorts it. And so there is a way to kind of reorient it. Is that kind of what what Dante's wisdom reveals to us in his writing? I think so. I think he's saying to us that it's good that you have a big heart that you love a lot, but if you love to excess, you can bring it back, you can temper it. So if you say to somebody, I don't want to lust, what's the solution and what's the antidote? Dante tells us there's two things. He says to us first, there is a purifying fire. We have to go through that. It's something that we, we should want to go through. But he then says that it's friendship that Hmm. helps a person to get through lust. 
you actually have to learn to love a person the right way, not mm. to ignore them, not to never look at another beautiful woman, to not recognize and celebrate what God's gifted, but enjoy that friendship as a sister, as you'd want your sister, your daughter, your wife treated. That's how we should be with each other. So in particular, proper friendships with women, if yes. we're a man lusting after women. And I think this is a very helpful topic, yeah. Brock, and I'm glad you brought it to, 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 the, to the table here, because I'm sure every guy listening is super pumped and excited that lust can be redeemed. Because <laughs> again, it's something that all of us, as Steve said, probably all the seven of these sins we struggle with in some yeah. way. But, but again, lust is kind of in our face as men in a different way. So the yeah, fact that we can redeem it is yeah. super hopeful. Yeah, I think it's the, maybe the easiest to fall into of these and the easiest to hide which would naturally be the one that we most likely want to hang out in because it's easy to do both of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, and I love what you just said, Antoine, about um, just the reality that it is a distorted love and that it's it's real friendships that are going to be the key here. I It reminds me of my own journey. And before I got engaged to my wife, my spiritual director and I had, I had been working on lust, particularly pornography and masturbation for a number of years. And I remember my spiritual director, Brother Levin Harden, Benedicted Monk out in Atchison, Kansas, want to give you a shout out too. Um, at the time, he told me that I needed to, to reframe this battle. Like it shouldn't just be a, I'm saying no to this impulse or this urge, but I had to find something to say yes to. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, if you want to start saving for an engagement ring with your wife, like give yourself the goal that you have to get this many months of sobriety under your belt before you can start saving for a ring, totally changed the battle for me. Because it wasn't just a, hey, I'm mm. feeling this urge and I, need, and I need to say no to myself, but there was actually something I was pursuing. There was a yes that I was chasing. And I think, Antoine, that, that kind of gets at what you were saying, that, that, there, that it's, it's a real friendship. It, that's when you're, we find ourselves when we make a gift of ourselves, right? And I think sometimes with lust, it's just a constant no, no, no. I have mm. to beat my body and not, yeah. not give in to these. Where I actually think it is a yes. It's a, I'm, I, need to, I need to find myself by giving of myself. Because what I'm reaching for when I'm lusting actually the lust itself and the acting on it can't fulfill what I'm, what I'm chasing. Two, uh, two comments. The lust after a woman and why I think this is such a cool, the, the idea of having proper friendships as a way to heal us of that and redeem that is so, is so powerful because when we lust, we start to see them as an object. It's something we all know, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're for a purpose and that purpose is for our gain. There are means yeah. to an end. And so as we start to actually have a proper relationship, friendship with them, we, that means that we see them as something in and of themselves that's dignified, that's worthy of, mm-hmm. of, of admiration, of affection, proper affection, right? So it, it forces us to see them differently outside of our selfish gain for them, which forces us then to give ourselves in service to them. And, and it's, I know for my own sake, my own journey, you know, of impurity in the battle, in, in battle against lust, having good friendships with women and not meaning my best friends, but actually seeing them and probably as my sisters has just been such a, a healing journey for me. And the other point is from the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And I just love meditating on that and thinking if my heart is pure, when I look at this woman, I see Christ in her. Yeah. I don't see an object. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, boom, or mic Christ drop. creation, right? Like you, you can look at a beautiful woman and actually acknowledge She's beautiful. She's she was created by God. She's a be- she's beauty. And Antoine, you just said this. There's nothing wrong in acknowledging beauty for the sake of what it is. It's a beautiful creation of God, right? It is therefore wrong, as you just said, Thomas, to turn that beauty into a means to an end, which is turning that beauty into an object so that you could then get your kicks. One of the things, guys, that um, we all know is core to being a man, core to being masculine, is defending the vulnerable. 
Four of us are sitting here right now. If we look out the window and see a group of bullies picking on a kid, there would be something wrong with us if we didn't get up I'd and try and help. Ass. I'd sick yeah. Thomas on him. And, and I know that you guys have spoken about the importance of lifting weights, of maintaining yeah. proper health. Take the parallel now with women. We're supposed to be taking care mm. of women. You did it with Alicia Brock, which was amazing. But you're also a Christian man and you have an obligation to a certain extent in a different way to take care of other women. Mm-hmm. And if we don't go and strengthen ourselves, get past all those other sins you're talking about, those sins that, that, uh, that, that fall before lust, we're not going to have the strength, the ability to go protect. And what's happening to our women? What's happening to Christ's daughters? What happens to them mm-hmm. on a college campus? What happens to them in a broken home? What happens to them everywhere we look? Yeah. That's our responsibility. That's not anybody else's responsibility. That's our responsibility. We need to strengthen ourselves to help God's kingdom. And that's that's that kind of the third point that Dante brings up in this this topic is if we're not trying to free ourselves from the other sins, then as we seek to redeem lust, it's going to be problematic for us. Is that is that a good summary? Yes. And you use the the analogy of think think when your daughter's 15, 16 years old, more like 20, Antoine, let's just She's not going to date at 15, but another topic. So, and some guy comes to quarter and comes over to our house and stays for dinner and he eats like an animal. He just shows no temperance, shows no moderation, uh, same thing as temperance, but just doesn't show virtue in other ways. I'm not going to be excited about that courtship at all because he clearly has a lot to work on. So is he going to be able to show my daughter dignity, respect when it comes to lust and, and that struggle? Chances are probably not. Right. And that's the caution that I think Dante is is talking about. Right. Yeah. And he may have the best of intentions, but we have to be realistic. If you're not going to work on that other stuff, you're probably going to weaken yourself. So when you get into a situation with lust or even anger, whatever it might be, you're going to play out. You play out. I think that's a great. Yeah. A great transition to, to getting into the practical. So I'll just start. If you find yourself repeatedly confessing sins of lust in confession, this is something that you're working on, but you're continuously falling in, a great practical would be obviously keep fighting, keep doing everything you can, but take a look at pride. Take a look at greed and anger, envy, gluttony or sloth, some of the other seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. And a great practical in your battle for chastity would be to start looking at the other deadly sins and working on those. And it, honestly, that might be a, a real source of encouragement for you too, to see, hey, I am growing in my ability to not be wrathful or my ability to control my urges to eat and drink. Um, as we build those other virtues that, that combat the other deadly sins, I think that's a great practical to make to start making progress, especially if we're feeling like we're just not making any progress. So a confession, gentlemen. I've said... Wait, you're confessing right now? I've, I'll confess. I know you can't give me absolution. Cool. No, I'm happy confess. to listen. Happy to listen. <laughs> So I've said for a long time, since I was young, that if I'm going to be damned for anything, it's going to be anger or it's going to be lust. And I considered pride and the other ones, and I did really not, in all honesty, find a struggle. About one month ago, God pulled together a lot of threads he'd been bringing together over the years. And I could not, for the life of me, believe how deep-seated the sin of pride was. Hmm. I used to tell people what Father Jacques Philippe said about God allowing somebody to fall into that lower sin of lust to protect them from pride. I never thought it applied to me. And then he showed me and it blew my mind. So the one practical hmm. for me there is pray to God for the gift of self-knowledge. Yeah, Because so, it's so easy for us to be blinded and deceived by the devil in the world. Mm. Amen. 
Now, so just to summarize the three topics, the three points of this, uh, lust is the easiest deadly sin to fall into, and but it can also be redeemed through purgation and in a very practical way through proper relationships with women. But then, and the third point, there's there's a caution there that, that we also want to be striving to rid ourselves of the other serious sins in our life so we can actually have a proper relationship with women. Did I summarize it? Yeah, yep. that's great. And so I love that point of the proper friendships with women. It's one of the topics I've been wanting to talk talk about. And so I, I want to just hit on a few practical points. And Steve, if you want to hit on it too, as, a few as well, because I, I see young men and I was probably the same way, um, engage in just touchy-feely stuff with women, very flirtatious, spending a lot of one-on-one time with women, like all these things that I think is actually prop could very well lead to problems Mm -hmm. as they continue on those relationships. And so I just want to say, guys, when you're trying to have a proper friendship, not not necessarily a dating relationship or something, but just a friend that's a woman, don't get too much one-on-one time with that woman. Obviously, if you're married, that's even more extreme, like maybe very, very little one-on-one time, if any. I don't, I don't know a reason why you should have one-on-one time with a woman if you're married. Maybe in the workplace, there's some, some opportunities if, if it's a meeting. Yep. Even that, you have to be very temperate and mindful of that. And then the, the, the second thing, and I'll, I'll stop talking, is when you're talking to a friend who's a female, you really shouldn't be sharing deep intimacies of the heart. Yep. I don't know if there's an exception to that, but that would just, maybe there is, but it's just as we pour ourselves out, even for us guys, we can do that probably to a thousand people and never think anything of it. But if you're doing it to a female, that bonds them. They have that emotional intimacy that they're more sensitive to, just like we're more sensitive to Mm -hmm. the physical. And so they, even, even if you're not necessarily being drawn to an intimacy in that moment, she probably is. Mm -hmm. And again, that's setting you up for failure in that relationship. Great points, Thomas, and just great reminders. Again, we all encounter these things, and we all struggle with these on some level, and so it's just so good to be reminded of them. Uh, You mentioned kind of the flirtatiousness uh, one-on-one time. Also, you know, and I haven't really experienced this too much um, because my old girlfriends really hate me, but (laughs) if you have old flames still in your life, be cautious about connecting with them, you know, and obviously don't go out for drinks with past girlfriends or coffee with past girlfriends. Um, especially if there was some intimacy moments, uh, with those girls, because those bonds, as you just said, Thomas are also kind of forever bonds. You know, if you slept with a woman, that's a forever bond. And if you get back together and you're having drinks and you're in another relationship, you're married or you're not looking for a a relationship, it's going to be very easy to fall back into not only those habits, but those emotional. Yeah. I don't know that you can just be friends with that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. why. Yeah. One last practical for me. And this is, this will harken back to the, the light kills lust episode, but it's just so important for us as guys to have other guys that we can talk about this with. Yep. So important to have guys that you can say, Hey, I'm, I am struggling with pornography or masturbation, or I am struggling with lustful thoughts in, in these situations. And just to get it into the light disarms so much yep. of the power that the evil one uses this uses against us in this. And so just, yeah, a huge encouragement, get, get a small group of guys. If you are completely alone on an Island, literally shoot us an email. We will plug you in with somebody that you can talk to. I'll, I'll talk to you on the phone. I think it's yep. such an important thing to be able to have 
the ability to get this stuff into the light with brothers. Yep. And I love confession for that natural reason that it just brings things to the light. So a lot of people say, why do, why do we have to go to confession if we can just confess the Lord? Because you're bringing it to the light for crying out loud. It is forcing you to say it out loud to another human being. And the devil hates that. Now there are infinite powers to confession in addition to that, but I couldn't agree with you more, Brock, that I have had a few guy friends in my life where every once in a while I'll just sit them down and I will say, I am bringing something to the light. Here it is. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just bringing it to the light. And there's so much power in that. We mentioned this, I think in the podcast on being a husband, but I I think it's worth emphasizing again, any kind of one-on-one communication period. I I talked about hanging out one-on-one, but any kind of one-on-one communication with a woman on a consistent basis you want to be very, very cautious of. And we talked mm-hmm. about, you know, if you're married and you're texting a colleague often or something like that, maybe do it in a team text or bring your spouse into a text, um, you know, if, if it's appropriate. But just if, when you start communicating one-on-one, again, that's a, it's a very slippery slope. And that's why we mentioned, I think, former Vice President Mike Pence, he never had one-on-one lunches with colleagues that were female. And I know when he was elected vice president. A lot of people made fun of him for that. But that was a cautionary, so what am I trying to say? That's just something he did to be very cautious so that he wouldn't fall into yeah, any kind of inappropriate yeah, relationship. Yeah. So Even if it's a perception, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, wow, Mike, Mike's spending a lot of time with Susie. You know, that just spins out of control as well. So Antoine, anything on that? There's only one sin that St. Paul says that you should run away from, and that's sins of the flesh. Mm. So Vice President Mike Pence may have been onto something. Love that. All right, guys. uh, Heavy topic, but a good one. And Mm. again, one that we all can work on in some form or fashion. So hopefully there's something that you can definitely walk away with today. That's it for the Man Catholic Podcast. You can email us, as Brock said, mancatholicpodcast at gmail.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. We're all over the world. It's pretty exciting to be able to talk to mates down in Australia uh, while they drink the Victoria beer. Uh, Antoine, thanks for joining us today. It was a real pleasure to have you. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. All right. God bless. God bless.